Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Noble Relating, the podcast of New Paradigm. Uh, I'm your host, Noble, and we're back this week with another segment of Noble's Deep Dive. So, you know, if we're doing a Noble's Deep Dive, you know who's with me, my lady, Patch and Mama. Say hi to everybody, Patch. Oh, hey, everybody. <laughs> How you doing, Patch? It's good to hear you hear from you again. Good to be back on here doing this. Yeah, I'm excited. The first one was so fun. I'm doing great. I'm just happy to be here with you, honey. Yeah, I'm um I'm happy to do it too. I feel like this one this one's gonna be a little bit different. You know, I'm really curious to really get into it and really kind of talk about some stuff. Um and just some revelations I've had in terms of like my journey and uh, to get your thoughts on those and uh you know kind of play off you a little mm-hmm. bit. Okay. I like that. So um so basically this week we're gonna be talking about uh leadership, uh specifically masculine leadership in general. And um, I just kind of want to really kind of go over my experiences with it and how I've kind of perceived it and where where I feel like I'm at with it now. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because if I'm really honest, you know, I think I'm I'm like a lot of um, males and black males in my age bracket. You know, my biological father uh, wasn't really around a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. He wasn't a stable presence um, in my life due to, you know, he was, <laughs> he, he was a, a, a lover of women, of women, you know, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were there. I think you met, you met my mom and you were able to hear some of the stories she was telling about, you know, how their relationship was when they were, you know, trying to make things mm-hmm. work. It was going for her, you know? Yeah. Papa was rolling. Yes. Yes, he was, man. You no, know, and Jericho, you know what I'm saying? Like he was, he was not. <laughs> and and I do respect my dad because uh, at the time when I was younger, I had a certain view of him. Um, I just didn't, really under- I didn't understand him. I uh, just felt that he was really out of control. Um, mm. Adolescent years, you know. Um, as I've become an adult, I understand him a lot more. Now that I understand his story, and you know, why he, I understand more so why he did things the way he did. And um, based on the information that he had available to him at the time. But again, my experience of him as a young child was that he wasn't really there a lot. Uh, I remember a couple of times, you know, him coming to get me and maybe not being able to show up or him coming to get me and getting an argument with my mom and then they having to leave and I'm not, and I'm not knowing why. And uh, mm. I'm watching him leave through the window or whatnot. Um, but one thing that I, I really only consciously kind of came to an understanding of is that my stepfather, uh, the man that my mo- mother married uh, and the father of my um, sister, Michaela, had, had been there for the, pretty much all my life. Um, I think my mom married him when I was five or s- seven, something like that. Uh, so... I don't, I, if, I, if I really sit down and think about it, I struggle to think of any memories I have before he got there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we didn't really get along too well. <laughs> like at first, everything was great. He was silly. He was goofy. He, he was funny. Um, it just really was, it was kind of like a non-factor. But then when I started reading, reaching adolescence, it was, mm-hmm. 
it became a bit tumultuous because I, I, I really was somebody as a child who was really seeking masculine guidance. And I wanted mm-hmm. it in a very particular way from a particular person. You know, mm-hmm. I, wanted, I wanted it from my dad. And right. I was really able to see and appreciate what my stepfather um, was doing for my mom um, and thereby doing for for me, you know, doing for us. Because he was a very stable man. He was somebody who, um, he, he wasn't a very well-educated uh, man because of his life circumstance. Um, very smart. You know, he was doing a job um, that... I think, you know, maybe at one point only like a handful of people in the country could do. Oh, wow. So he's definitely a very intelligent person. Uh, mm-hmm. He's very, you know, very masculine in his energy. You know, if I looked, I think I looked up his Bagua once and it was all, it was all like a, a masculine archetype. Complete opposite of me. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It, it really made sense why we didn't really get along and really like jail um, in my formative years. And and um, it's actually a little bit hard to talk about sometimes too, because I really kind of look at myself and look at you know what I was striving for and what I was trying to trying to be and trying to create for myself. Oh, well, I'm happy you're sharing this with everybody, (laughs) your audience. Even though it's hard, you know, it's it's awesome because I know other people are going to learn from you, can learn from you. And I'm sure this is healing for you, just to air it out. Yeah, it was. It, it, it has been. You know, I've had some conversations with him um, and, and my mom about it, you know, just about I, I really realized um, as a young man, you know, what it was that I was missing out on what I really couldn't grasp, you know. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate my stepfather for my stepfather for the solid foundation that I um, have with him, and my biological dad. You know, even though uh, he was a you know a bit of a rolling stone, he really did the best that he could. And I feel like I do, or I did get some positive aspects of leadership and masculinity from him. Um, for example, my biological dad is, you know, very articulate. You know, he's very direct. Uh, mm-hmm. He's somebody that when he he does get serious, which isn't, well, it isn't often, but when he is serious, he's very much somebody who is confrontational to a a benefit. Like he's mm-hmm. going to figure out what the problem is. He's going to talk to you about the problem. He's going to like air everything out. He's going to you know, we're, we're just going to hash it out right here, right now. You know, I remember one time when I was a teenager, I had some issues with him for a while, and I wasn't really comfortable being around him or comfortable talking to him. He came over to my to my house, scooted me up, uh, took me to the park, and, you know, made me sit there and, like, you know, have eye contact with him and tell him everything that I felt was wrong with him, everything that I, you know, didn't like about him or that I didn't really care for so he could so we could really have a, a man-to-man conversation with me. And that was like one of the hardest conversations I, I've I, that's actually the hardest conversation I've ever had in my life. Wow. Because it was just there was so much in me that I wanted to say that I just couldn't I, it was really hard for me to get out. And he sat me there what felt like for three hours until I said it. Until I mm. said everything I needed to say, you know? 
Wow. So he created an environment for you to share things that were uncomfortable for you to actually articulate. And he was patient. And I mean, he was willing to take the daggers, however um, they came. Yeah, he, it was a very masculine, challenging type of atmosphere. Because mm. um, he knew that he didn't do everything perfect. You know, he knew that he made the right. that had repercussions that were not uh, fully positive for everybody involved. And he was willing to take ownership for that to the degree that he knew how so that he can move forward and make things positive. Right. Does that make sense? That's powerful. That's powerful. And that's a trait that I love so much about you. (laughs) You definitely have that. You will stand and take, you know, you just will take it. Whatever, hey, whatever the share is, whatever the emotion is, whatever the thoughts are, you will stand right there in the storm. You will take it all in. You will be completely present. And then you will work through resolution, whatever that looks like. If that's solving a problem right then and there, if it's just holding space until, you know, the the storm is calm, like that is one of my favorite traits about you. So we can thank Papa. That's my dad, Ruben, my biological father for that. Yes, yes, yes. We can thank him for that. Right. Now, um... My stepdad, uh, for example, I never really experienced him in that way. Uh, he wasn't much of a talker. He was more of a doer. You know, get things done. You know, um, he much more of a provider. You know, uh, go to work, come home. Like, he wasn't fooling around um, on my mom. Like he, there was no – I don't think she ever really had to worry about him cheating or doing anything like that. You know, very consistent, stable man. You know what I'm saying? Who just really wants to do, do right by everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he he really didn't know how to express emotions or to work through things like that because I don't think anybody ever really taught him that. Mm-hmm. And, and from the way that he grew up, that I understand, um, I don't think it really ever allowed for for that type of space or that type of vulnerability. You know, he was very much in survival mode for most of his life, for what I understood. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he did for me was he planted seeds in me later uh, that I didn't really get get to later uh, in terms of having that get up and get it done type of attitude. You know, being mm-hmm. able to you know work. And you know, I remember at one point when I was in my twenties, I had like four jobs. You know, like I had a job working forty hours a week that wasn't enough, so I had to work more. You know. Um, and I complained about it. Like he, there was a certain attitude and stick to that I, an ingenuity that uh, my stepfather demonstrated to me that I tried to model um, to the degree that I'm capable, <laughs> you know? Right, 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 right. And I've always really aspired to be the leader, um, to be in a king type position, to be somebody that is leading and guiding people to a, um, to a better place. But if I'm really honest, I never really saw in real life those attributes in, in men. Mm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, like there would be things that I would have to cherry pick from everybody, but there's never anybody that yeah. I saw 
that was like, oh yeah, this guy is like somebody to follow. Mm-hmm. So do you mean like the, the full body of all masculine archetypes in one person or like this person is fully in King? Uh, I would say just this person is fully in King slash leader position. Gotcha. Um, okay. I remember, I don't know if I ever told you the story, but you know, there was a time I was in my early 20s, mid 20s. Um, I met a man at um, the mall when I was selling jewelry. Um, this is one of the jobs I had. I was like, I was buying gold, um, actually, and I was like buying and selling it. And um, have I ever told you the story before? No, but I remember the jewelry store. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I was buying gold. Um, and this is when I was living in Bethany, not in, not in my hometown of Bluefield. Oh, and, okay, okay. And this gentleman, I can't remember his name. I think his name was Roy. Uh, Roy, I, I think. And he approached me. He talked to me. He liked uh, my hustle, liked what I was doing. And he offered me a job to in Pittsburgh. And um, and I distinctly remember the feeling of, like, he was really the, one of the first men who I saw that really, he looked like he believed, who, who really made me feel like he believed in me. Really, if you come with me, you follow me, I can get you here and I can make this happen for you. Like I can take yeah. you to a better place. Um, he really gave me that energy. What I come to realize or when I found out over time is really he was more in uh, more negotiator than he was a leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guy really knew how to talk to talk, he had money. Um he was really quick with it, you know, very, you know, um, he was fluent in Spanish, you know, <laughs> he was, he would do a lot to try to, to impress you verbally with his work game. And he had the game. He did. He, he, had, the, yeah. he had the game a lot. Yeah. He, uh, mm -hmm. like, he even met my mom, you know, right after he met me and told her like all the things that he could do for me and that, you know, he'll be safe, safe, that I would be safe with him and all this stuff. Right. So like mm -hmm. I met him on like a Thursday, uh, I quit my job, uh, packed up my apartment and, and like moved up there with him into Pittsburgh on like a Monday, like in the same. Wow. Yeah, I was like, all right, <laughs> that's I'm gonna amazing. Yeah, like I mean, he he sold me on it. You know, what I'm saying I, I just really believed that what he was, I really bought into what he was selling, and. Mm -hmm. One of the things that really got me is that I distinctly remember him telling me that, you know, you don't have to, that he didn't want me to be just like him, but he wanted me to see a different way of doing it. You know, he wanted me to see a way of being able to move in the world and to make things happen so I can decide for myself who I want to be. And uh, I really appreciated that. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's something that really stuck with me over everything else that he said. Um, yeah. and push comes to shove, you know, some things happen, you know, I ended up homeless in Pittsburgh, <laughs> you know, living, oh. in, you know, living in my car for a little bit. Um, I could have came home anytime, you know what I'm saying? If I wanted to, but I was determined to not fail. <laughs> like I was in that, like, you know, that, that 20 something, you know, mind frame, you know, of, of manhood where you just like, 
stubborn, you think you're invincible, and you just like, you know what, like I'm just refused to fail and go home a failure. And I was gonna push myself to make it um to make it. Mm-hmm. And besides him, um that, that man who I had that experience with in Pittsburgh, yeah, you know who the next um masculine energy in my life that appeared that really helped like pull things together for me. Like can you like can you guess who that would be? You saying masculine energy or masculine person? Masculine energy. <laughs> um masculine energy. I mean, just from what I know, I it's a woman. I mean, but it's masculine energy. Am I yeah, you're right. You're right. It would actually be um our girl Kenya K. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You you credit her a lot in just you know who you are. I credit her a lot and who I am. And so Kenya is she she can be on one wing or the other. And so I, yeah, tell us about how Kenya K supported you um, in your masculine leadership development. Well, um, the main reason for that is is when I was living with her and um, Rakim for a while, like I had moved, I wanted to move back to Asheville from D.C., I believe. And mm-hmm. I wanted to have a place to stay until I found a place to live. And then we worked out a deal uh, for me to come there. You know, again, this is all from my perspective. And mm-hmm. and I don't want to go into like the minutia of everything that happened <laughs> with that. But basically, it what things weren't all all right, you know what I'm saying? Like there was a little bit of tension between Kenya and I. And I remember mm-hmm. one day I was like, you know, cutting the grass um, outside because that was one of the things that I had agreed to do to to, to help out while I was there because I wasn't paying rent or anything. So like I agreed, like I'm not going. It's no free lunches, so I got to be doing something to contribute to the household while I'm there. And one of the things I did, I would cut the grass, trim the hedges, stuff like that, which I actually enjoy doing. Um, that's stuff that I used to do with my stepdad growing up. Yeah. And as I was doing that, um, I was just kind of re- I remember like one day when I was just re like replaying or, or thinking over everything that had been going wrong or going away at that point um, between her and I. Because I, I had only planned to be there maybe like three months, but I was there for it might have been almost a year. I think I was there. Oh wow! Yeah, you know. Um, and I just remember thinking. I was trying to remember, like, where have I felt this energy before? Like, why am I? Why do I feel this? This level of like, kind of like push and challenge, and what I almost resistance. Per- yeah, resistance, and what I perceived as oppression. Um, oh, gotcha. What you perceive as oppression? Wow. Yeah, that's what I. That's what, how I perceived it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then when I really thought about it, I really realized the energy that 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 Kenya was giving me that really resonated from my past the most was that of energy of my stepfather. Um, mm-hmm. How he was like moving with me when I was living under his in his house under his rules. Yeah. You know um, how I how it felt kind of um, oppressive to me, and mm-hmm. somehow. Um, I don't know what it was in my mind that made it click, but I just understood what that energy really was. And, mm-hmm. and it wasn't oppressive energy. It was an energy of knowing, like, not waiting on anybody 
to get the thing done that needs to get done. If you see the thing right. that needs to happen, do what needs to happen. Right. If you like have a system in place to make sure, you know, things happen when they're supposed to happen. So everything stays, you know, in tip top shape. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was just about no excuses, no procrastination, like do the thing when it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And yep, don't wait around. It's like a pushing energy. That's what I really hear you saying is like a pushing energy. And it's funny how a pushing energy can feel oppressive, but it's like you have to have action. You have to have movement if you're expecting anything to unfold. Right. And that's 100% true. Um, And my problem was it wasn't that I didn't want to be pushed. It's just that I had it in my mind that I needed Need wanted the push to come from a certain person in a certain way. Yes, exactly. You know what I'm um, like I like, and I associated it with um, the push coming from a father energy that I respected or what I felt like I resonated with, and mm-hmm. because I was judging the like where the energy was coming from. I was perceiving it as as oppressive. Yeah, yeah, and, that can be confusing. Yeah, it was, and and one of the reasons I, I'm telling this story and bringing all this up is because I feel like there's a a lack of accountability for us as black men um, to delve into and to really handle this type of energy, because a lot of mm-hmm. black men don't have a positive relationship with um, masculine energy. Yeah. Now, being able to take criticism from another man, being able to have a direct conversation with another man. Mm-hmm. See what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Being able to um, be held accountable by another man, a male figure. Like, I feel like that's something that's a little lacking in today's culture. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that from circumstances of our own, maybe not things that, you know, we as black people intentionally did to ourselves, but rather maybe things that were done to us that we haven't, but that are still our responsibility to overcome. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And, and, and for me, I have really always strived to be, again, like I said, in that, in that type of leadership type of more masculine role, without really knowing or seeing um, real life examples, all the examples I saw came from, um, that I gravitated to came from, you know, my, uh, my heroes, you know, um, Mm. I think I maybe said this on the last podcast. I can't remember, but I seeing things like, you know, um, like Leonardo from Ninja Turtles. Cause I grew up in the eighties. I'm an eighties kid, you know, the power Rangers or, Whatever I was into as a child, again, I always gravitated to towards um, leadership energy. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's really the most difficult one of all the masculine energies to bring online in a um, healthy and balanced and nurturing way. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel like also I've actually been pretty blessed that you know, at this point in my life, I'm 38. I don't have any children, um, and I was very intentional about not doing that because I wanted to have myself set up 
in a certain way um, to be able to properly lead, care for, provide for um, a woman and a family when I chose to do that. And I've done a lot of work on, you know, just being able to open up my heart to to the women in my life, um, to other people, um, being able to manifest uh, a certain sense of um, magic, more musician or, you know, monk type energy, um, being able to understand the warrior dynamic and really, really activate that and really to be able to tap into that when needed. Um, and to the point now where I feel like I'm really am um, able to be in a leader energy to the fullest extent that I'm, I really would have ever been able to do it. Yeah. And, and I always question really how um, other men, you know, this or how other men like what their paths are like you know what what has been your experience with like you know masculine leadership energy in your in your life Um, yeah i mean so from the very beginning my birth father was not there at all like non-existent so that really um left such a big space to be filled Mm -hmm. um and then my stepfather is very very leader um, very much, you know, he wanted to be the leader of the family and he had a little fight with my mom about that. Like my mom is a very leader woman. She mm. really, she really is leader, but mm. I would say more soldier. Mm. Um, do you feel like, sacrifice. do you feel like there's a, a misbalance in our culture? I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, do you yes, feel like, sir. Do you feel like more women in our culture now, especially black women, have are holding more leadership and social energy than, than men are? I what I that's a very powerful and good question. And from my perspective, what I feel is that women um have opted to embody the energy versus encourage it. Um, and that's a choice that we as women can make, you know, we can choose to, Hey, I'm going to embody this energy or I'm going to manifest it in a reflection outside of me and build it that way. And so I do feel that women are not wanting to use more magical metaphysical, um, means of experiencing that soldier energy and they want to embody it, but that kind of goes along with my thoughts that men have been building the material world for so for so long that they're finally collectively in a space to work on their internal world and women have been in the space of the internal for so long and now women are wanting to work on the external material world so i do feel like as a whole yes women are much more um, playing with the energies of the material and the external world because we had kind of been seated in just the internal. And so I do feel there's there's a shift happening where men can focus more internal um, mindset, heart, emotions, 
and women are out here like, I want to master the material world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, in my personal opinion, I just feel like the collective consciousness of humanity is is shifting to be more female. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it was very much um, in a male state for most of most of history because of the need for survival, um, mm-hmm. the need for you no know, resources or you know what have you. And I just feel like the more comforting, <laughs> the more uh, I don't really want to use the word civilized, but I'll say I guess maybe more modern. Um, that society has become where things have been more convenient, you know, like, the, like I can make money and support myself, you no, know, purely with my phone, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> just with my, my phone that I can make a living and, you know, pay my rent and take care of my family. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas things like that weren't really have been the option before, you know, I just think that there is a, a more of a lot of time for um, the more, emotional, ethereal, um, and heart-centered um, consciousness of the plant to, you know, to go in that in that type of direction. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see that. I personally don't consider that to be female, but I oh, definitely... Oh, give me help. What you consider that? Tell me what your thought is. Um, It's just... You know, the terminology of inner masculine, inner feminine, I have kind of just, I don't know, it's something about it. Like man is man, woman is woman, male is male, male is anatomy, female is anatomy. Feminine and masculine, like these past couple of years of people really just using these terminologies and not finding agreement. I like yin yang, internal, external more to identify what I'm talking about. And so Mm -hmm. I feel that, you know, how I described it, men have been mastering the external for the past centuries. They're finally getting a chance to start mastering the internal. And so women have mastered the internal because we were so seated now, because of the way society has moved, we are now really working to master the external. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way I look at it. I don't, I love men being men and women being women. And, you know, I know there are some blendings, things happening. Um, but you know me, I like the lines. <laughs> I like the lines. I love the lines. You like your borders. That is true. I appreciate the lines. I just really appreciate <laughs> them. Um, and I'm that way with everything. I'm like, this is this, that is that. You know, and so um I think that we're we're just moving into a space of more integration. We're moving into a collective of more accessibility to our full spectrum. Um and I think that's fine. And I mean, I'm watching women. Some women are like, hey, I want to master the, the material world. I really don't care about my internal very much. I don't care about love. I don't want to be a mom. I want to, I want skyscrapers. And I'm like, wow, that is amazing. I am very seated in my internal stuff. I've, I, I'm very seated there. That's just me. I do like mm-hmm. the material. I do want to master it. Um, but I'm not in my place of life right now where I even care that much 
to want to do it. And so you just have women who there's a fuller spectrum. There's a fuller swing to decide, well, where do I want to master? You know, it's not so fixed where it's like, this is what women do. This is what men do. Um, and I think we all have choice and everybody's exercising it. Mm-hmm. No, I feel you. Um, and you know, you know how I am. I'm not really much of a, I, I can appreciate a line. But I am much more of a blending and mixing type of person. <laughs> you know, I'm right. a, I do have a lover mind. You know, yes. what, what is your you a visionary? What's your mind, baby? Yeah, I'm visionary. So That's I right. am oh I can be overly expansive and Yes, you can. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it's other things beyond Bagua astrology. That's that yeah. way. Like my moon, my moon is in the first house. My sun is in the fourth. These are very feminine placements. Right. Um, That's right. Talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, he picks on my astrology conversations all I the time. Not. I love your astrology conversations. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, visionary is actually androgynous, um, mm-hmm. but it is feminine leaning. And so, um, my mind, you, you see it at play all the time. I'm just always creating something. Oh, and, and that's what makes it more androgynous is I'm not super duper watery in my bagua. Um, but I'm misting, you know, visionaries like rain. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Okay. Very nourishing, <laughs> but it's not, a, it's not a tsunami. Okay. Right. And, um, and even with me, with me having a lover mind uh, for people who may not be understand the Bagua too much, it's something I kind of struggled with when I first heard about you no know, Bagua um, and whatnot. Like it just it didn't seem right. Like it didn't, it's not what I wanted to be or who I felt like I was um, mm-hmm. until I realized that what I really, what I really do and what I I feel as though I excel at is being able to lead the women I love and care care about and through their emotions in a, in a way that causes them to feel safe enough to submit to me in a way that they know maybe normally wouldn't with some other men, which mm-hmm. kind of forces them almost, not really forces, but positions them in a way where they, they view me as the leader that I want to be. Mm-hmm. Does, does that right. make sense? Even though yes. I don't have a leader, a leader mind, but like, because lover is a dominant archetype. It's a it's a dominant. Yeah, it's dominant. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I do feel like that is something that I have always excelled at, um, even as a teenager. Um, I feel I just I didn't know how to put it all together, <laughs> you know, to um to really get what I wanted, but I've always been able to really hold, um, the emotion of the women that I care for and that I respect and that, and that I want to be with. Yeah. And yeah. so now like going back to what you were saying about like the burnt lines and everything, you know, how, what is it about the, the terminology of feminine and masculine um, that you, that makes you really prefer you knowing the terms like yin and yang or interior and exterior? Is it just well, that you know, the delineation of, you know, how, what, what is a man and what is a woman? Well, there's a couple of things. So one thing is I'm an Aquarius. My energy is to innovate. 
Mm-hmm. So complacency is just, and I'm a visionary, so complacency is just not a thing. We've been on this masculine feminine conversation for how long? It's ran to the ground. It is mm-hmm. run to the ground. And I'm personally tired of it. I mean, I'm like, let's, let's, since we cannot formulate a way of understanding a thing, let's use a different terminology. And yin yang is ancient. You know, I really trust ancient um, terminologies, medicine, ways of life, because it's very practical. And so one thing is, let's innovate. Let's come up with a a different way to look at this, to um, title it or identify it. And then um, the other thing is that there was a time where I believed I had an inner masculine. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I am a woman. I am a feminine woman. I have attributes that are active. I have attributes that are passive. That can be considered feminine or masculine. I don't want to embody masculinity, personally. Now, uh, embodying activeness or dominance is totally me. I, I, there are places that I'm very active. I'm very dominant. But then there are areas where I'm more passive or next. Um, and so I just, I, I'm always an innovation. I'm, I don't, I don't, I can't stay in the same thing forever. We got to, we got to mm-hmm. keep innovating so that it becomes more direct, more potent. And so that's, that's my view on that, mm-hmm. honey. So what I'm hearing you say is that you want to, You want to remain firmly entrenched in your femininity and be able to express your femininity in different aspects of how it moves to get things done throughout the world without it being considered masculine. Exactly. It's about identity, I think. You know, it's about identification. And so for me, I love men. I love masculinity. I love men embodying masculinity. That's y'all thing. I want something to drool over. Okay, <laughs> you, you keep that. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, baby. I, I really, I really do. Um, and the thing That's is, why I like the lines. The lines create polarity. I love polarity. I love our polarity. I love it. You know, and so it just, yes. Even if it's a fantasy of my creation, it's mine. And that's the way I'm living. It is, and you can have it, baby. Hey, nobody going to take it from me. <laughs> hey, nobody going to take it from me. I know I'm not. Yay. Yeah, I like it the way it is, too. But mm-hmm. when, I, when, I, when I think of it, though, um, I think of it of, in the sense of meeting people where they're at, um, considering the, the zeitgeist of today. No, what, what what's on the lexicon of people now and what are we what are we talking about? How can I get them to understand this ancient because what essentially is an ancient technology or ancient system of a, a, a yin and a yang. But how do we incorporate that into people's consciousness to get them to be able to live their lives in their best ways possible? Right. You know, and, 
Exactly. And that's why archetypal teachings are the best way. There's archetypes in Western astrology. When I say Taurus, there's a specific energetic that I'm speaking of. If I'm saying lover from the Bagua astrological system, there's a certain energetic. And so we have to have factions and they are quantified by polarities. Um, and even uh, attributes of the mind or, or just human attributes um, or creative attributes. And so archetypes are the way to be able to express to people and teach them. That's why, you know, when I was initiating off there, I said that was one of the first things I learned. And I was like, oh, wow, I have a will. Oh, I have an imagination. Oh, I have this. I have that. How do I utilize all of these archetypes that are me, that exist in me, to actually form a life that is, that's likable, that's pleasant, that feeds me, that motivates me? So mm -hmm. archetypes are the way. And that's one of the powerful things about the Bagua astrological system is that it really... It, it creates, I mean, and, and it's, it is so ancient. The Orishas from Ifa, you know, any pantheon, they are creating visuals and symbols to help us understand and see those archetypes. You know, when you see Yemeya, you see a woman, but there are men that completely embody Yemeya. And so what does that mean? That does not mean that this man is feminine. That means that this man has the ability to devote and put his heart and his love into something. I love men that embody that personally. Um, so I, I, I feel that, hmm, that kind of makes me think, well, Gab, do you really like the lines as much as you think? <laughs> oh, are you, baby, are you, baby are, you, are you picking up what I've been putting down finally? Whatever. I don't want to talk about this at home. Uh, at this, at this juncture, let's talk about this on the pillow talk. This is pillow talk here. No, it's not. This is stuff. Man, I've been working on you for years. I just had to record it. <laughs> you put, talk you about some lines. What lines? You ain't got. You ain't got. A, <laughs> you a put the pressure on me. <laughs> You put the pressure on me tonight. This is not fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a continuation from earlier. You know what I'm saying? Like I, right. had, I had to warm you up. Yeah, you've been working <laughs> on me all day. I told you, you have so much to teach me. <laughs> and I'm a devoted student. I really am. <laughs> so tell me about these lines, baby. I don't even know what lines. I don't want to talk about lines. <laughs> <laughs> You it, you ran me right into it. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so as I was saying, in terms of <laughs> in terms of um the masculine, the male masculine, you know, leadership um of of today, I feel like there is. I feel like it's not as strong as it should could be. Um, or could or should be, you know, I feel like for me personally, it was only something that I came to by intentionally striving for it. 
for, yeah. and I'm not even, I'm not all the way there yet. You know, I don't feel like I'm all the way at the goal. And I, and I don't think anybody ever really should be. Like, I think if you're all the way done in your leadership, that's when you're just, just, just dead. You know what I'm saying? You're done. Like, you're just always yeah. doing that thing that you're, that you're striving for um, and trying to get to. And I'm definitely mm-hmm. at that point where I'm striving for it and get to the next, the next thing. I just firmly. I think- Go ahead, babe. Well, as you were speaking and I was thinking about, because um, we touched on my my experience of masculinity, I think one of the things that I've seen missing in masculine leadership is the integration of um, emotional and mental wellness. And mm-hmm. when I say that, it's like, you know, some there are there's a whole culture where men aren't supposed to feel aren't supposed to cry, aren't supposed to express themselves. Now, my stepfather was a very, um, I mean, I saw him cry a few times, mm-hmm. you know, and it was not a problem. It was like this, if anything, I think that's why I have such a soft, soft spot for men as they are moving through things because men really do have feelings and the men that integrate their feelings to me always have the best leadership. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying to be an emotional man, but I'm saying a man who's willing to identify emotion in himself. Like, how can you really support somebody else with emotion if you can't be there for your own self, if you can't sure. be authentic? Correct. And, and in my opinion, um, personally, I don't feel like it's really, I feel like in most people, um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe over 90% of men that do get their leadership um, archetypes fully activated and moving throughout the world, they typically will get the leadership on last. Mm-hmm. In terms of if you really want to look at somebody who's like a just um, and well-balanced leader, I think that you have to have, you know, your soldier energy has to be right. I think that your, you know, your your monk or your guru type of energy has to be right first. Um, and your lover energy has to be right. Because mm-hmm. I, I associate that with more of um as a, as a dominant you know energy force, I also associate that with like a key aspect of of kingliness. You know, the you know, king's got to look right. You got how you gonna recognize him as the king if he if his if his you know if his um his crown's not right. You know, his 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 robes ain't right. You know I'm saying there's right. a certain a certain level of presentation that comes with being in a leadership leadership position. And then with that, there comes a certain amount of, of feeling and integration of well-being for those under you and for yourself. So right. I, I, find it, I find it very difficult um, to see how one can fully integrate, you know, um, a, a kingly, a leadership type of position in their lives without having the other stuff um, online first. And, when, and as a coach, um, if I'm talking to a woman who is looking for a leader, like I would also be wanting to know how this person's other archetypes or how, how he is in other aspects of his life. Because that's going to mm-hmm. tell you like how he's going to be able to lead. Yes, yes. And as you were talking about the integration of lover, it's like lover is also this imaginative fantasy energy. Like you need that. You need that to even see a future. Like imagination, seeing the future is imagination. Right. And so it's like to actually lead people, that's something 
that's really powerful to have developed. Right. Um, I don't know how you, like, I feel like without that, you can't even really inspire hope in the people who are following you. I'm telling you, I think that's one of my favorite things. I have a lot of favorite things about you, but um, when, when we were talking earlier today, here I go with the astrology. Just embrace it. Everybody pull your pad out. Yo, okay, uh, Let's see. Let's go. <laughs> well, you have a Pisces moon, and mm-hmm. my north node is Pisces. So you, your moon is like mothering energy. It's very nurturing. It, it is your connection to your mother, but also it's emotional. So there's this thing about you definitely when I'm in one of my storms and I'm venting you just can like share a possibility a possible reality from that lover energy that just makes all the clouds and the rainstorms go away like wow I didn't even think of that I didn't even think that that was a possible reality because my consciousness right now is so scared I'm so I'm just seeing you know gray clouds that lightness of creativity it just pulls me and and moves me to the next idea next possibility and it's it's very very refreshing and i think it's a superpower that um you know some people don't know about it's a superpower that men don't know that women need that too you know women need that Mm -hmm. when we're stuck being mentally stuck is kind of I mean, anybody can experience that, but when a woman is mentally stuck, that is, it's a breath of fresh air. It's so powerful. Right. Right. And, um, and thank you for saying that. And that definitely is something that I, I do strive to do is just to just implant an idea. You know, one of a, a very powerful movie for me was, um, was Inception. Did you see that movie? Yeah, I remember Inception. Yeah. That so, was, yeah. Just, just how powerful it is just being able to like implant an idea in somebody's mind of just a possible future of things becoming better. You know, of things, you know, like, well, like I understand this is bad here, but if we, it could be this. If, and it only takes a certain amount of things to really get us there, you know? And I, I enjoy um, having that, that aspect and being able to pull that out of people um, and, and show that to people. But I just, I just don't feel like um, a real leader, you know, somebody who who leads justly, who leads, you know, ethically and morally, um, can do so without, you know, the integration of those of those other archetypes. Because leader as a, as an archetypal energy anyway isn't really thinking about certain things. It's not really thinking about ethereal things. It's just really thinking, about, you know, saying it's not thinking about the stars and all that stuff, just leader as an energy is thinking about like what's going on here, how do I like who's in my face, like who how do I mm-hmm. divvy up what do I have and how do I like divvy it out to people? You know what I'm saying? Like how do I provide right. what needs to be provided provided for? It, the energy in itself isn't really um concerned with other type of ethereal things. And I think that if 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 that stuff isn't incorporated into you as a as a human being, as a person who's in leadership, it's going to come out almost tyrannical. Mm-hmm. I was I was yeah. just thinking micromanaging type, like yes, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like just has to have, you know, you know, just refusing to let go of the wheel, you know. Um, one of my favorite books about leadership um, happened to be uh, They Can Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. When in that mm-hmm. book, on a session, he thought he 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 went over leadership and whatnot. He was he told a story about um, a person who he was interviewing, who was like this really big head of a corporation. Um, he had somebody come in who was like under him, who was training to take his job, which is also important. Like as a leader, you should always have somebody in position for your next job in the corporate world, anyway. Mm-hmm. So the person came in, um, had a problem. And he had three different solutions to the problem. And he came to ask his boss what he should do. And, the, mm-hmm. and after, you know, um, the subordinate guy listed all three of the possibilities, the boss, instead of telling him what to do, he gave him a, a, a short pros and cons of each of the choices. So it was like, with like, no, if you do this, this will happen. If you do the other one, then it could be like this. And then, you know, those and so forth. So he never really gave him an answer. Right. And then he told the, and then the guy just left. And then uh, the Polling Hill asked the, the, the man he was interviewing, well, why didn't you just tell him which one to do? Because right when he left, the boss said, well, if he pissed the wrong one, it'll cost the company like a million dollars if he pissed mm. the wrong thing. And he says, well, why didn't you give him the answer then? And he said, well, if I would have told him, I would have ruined him. Like I wouldn't have helped him grow. Because exactly. he has to learn to make the decision on his own, or you know, he he's not gonna be no use to me, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. And he's he, never built that muscle of yeah, leadership exactly. of, of making decisions, right? Exactly. And I feel like um, with, without integration of again some other archetypal energies and being able to access them to fuel your leadership, you're not going to be able to let go of the wheel of what's going on. And then you're going to revert back to either micromanaging or doing everything yourself. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Wow. <sighs> this has been a good wow. talk, baby. I appreciate you doing mm-hmm. this for me. Doing these. Mm-hmm. I like these noble deep dives. I love them. I love them. It's so good for the people to get to know you. Not only just for your podcast audience, but also, I mean, you're an amazing coach. I've watched you support a lot of women, um, and I love your support. And, I mean, it, it's important to get to know you, get get to know the man behind the movement type of energy, you know? Oh, am I a movement? <laughs> you are. You, you are a movement. You are a movement. <laughs> I take it. Mm-hmm. I'm a movement because of the women who in my life who have propelled me to be so. And I, I, I appreciate all of you. Aww. I do. Yay. Yay. Well, everybody, um, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Noble's uh, Deep Dive. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to have another special guest uh, followed by another another deep dive. We're going to keep these going because these are actually really fun. I'm really enjoying this. This is a, It's a different type of energy here. And I, and I am still going to be having video coming soon. So please look out for that. Just try to figure out how to do it and what platform I want to use and what setup and whatnot. So I think I'm just going to just jump right in because uh, I can about it. So I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. All right. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is Noble and Pacha. Yay. <laughs> Peace and blessings. Peace.